Welcome to the Worship Leader Essentials Podcast, brought to you by Worship Catalyst. Worship Catalyst is a nonprofit ministry built to help people find and worship Jesus by mentoring and training worship leaders and their teams. This podcast is part of that mission. In the next few minutes, it is our goal to help you do more with less. For more information and resources or to connect with us, please visit worshipcatalyst.com. We're so glad you're here today. Let's learn together. Hey, everybody. Welcome again to the Worship Leader Essentials Podcast. Uh, Austin Ryan here, your host, and we're going to help you today uh, as much as possible do more with less. Uh, In fact, uh, we've got our dream team or part of our dream team back today, Stephen Hanley. How's it going? Yes. Good to be back. Good to be back. All right. Lane Wood, how are you? Hey, what's up, guys? Good to be here. Man, uh, always great having you guys. And I've got a topic I want to dig into today that comes from a really deep place in my life. You ready? So my daughter, she's 19, first year in college, but right before she left to go to school, she went, uh, drove with a friend of hers two hours and spent $100 on a ticket to go to a, to a concert. And that concert was Elevation. And so I'm like, when I was in high school, let me just say right now, I was not spending $100 on a Christian event, period. I spent a hundred dollars on some tickets, or at least fifty back in the day. That was probably an expensive ticket back in the day. Mm-hmm. But right, <laughs> let right. me just tell you, it had nothing to do with Jesus. I don't know about you guys. Like, do y'all have some concerts like that in your background? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For oh, sure. yeah, man. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hundred hundred is pretty steep. That is steep. I feel like we're in the wrong business. I, I <laughs> figured that out. You might be in the right business, just the wrong lane of the right business. That's you know? true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So anyway, she comes back from this, and she's talking about how great it is, because she likes a lot of Elevation songs, like I do, and I'm sure a lot of, most everybody does. And it kind of brought to my mind this idea of how sometimes the energy and the like physical response of the people in a concert venue like that, where there's you know 50,000 or 30,000 or whatever it is, people all singing worship songs to God, all together, lights, show, cameras, video, you know, rock band, the whole bit. And the people are just like, hands up, screaming, excited, weeping, you know, recommitting themselves to God and trying to figure out how to move to another state where they can go to church there and all this. <laughs> and then that's on a Saturday night. And then they come on a, <laughs> on a Sunday morning and they stare at us with their with their arms crossed. Have you guys ever experienced anything like that before? Or is that just me? Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. Yes, that seems like more of a normal experience than the alternative. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So I want us to unpack that a little bit today because I think as a worship leader, that can be a little disconcerting, right? It can be a little bit, uh, you know, confusing and frustrating and whatever it might be. So let's just let's roll up our sleeves on this a little bit, guys. So. My first question for you guys is what is the what is the role that a concert like that, you know, plays? Like a worship concert. It really is. I mean, like there's no different from like I don't know, one of the one of the concerts I've attended in the last few years is like Journey and Def Leppard. Okay, like together. Okay, beautiful, amazing T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. Like it was Every bell and whistle, amazing show. So Elevation or Hillsong or Pick Your Poison, this is not anything about Elevation, but like, what is the role that that kind of event plays in the 
in the worship development of a Christian or in the spiritual development of a church member? It's a good question, man. Uh, you know, so it's interesting, man. I'm thinking about, so they, Elevation specifically came to town a couple of weeks ago and I had some, some team members go. And so like, I didn't make it like a, I didn't make it a thing. I didn't promote it. Not, not really for any like moral or theological reason, but I don't know, like we sing these songs a lot. I'm trying to lead people in worship. So for me, I'm like, man, if, if you guys want to go, that's great. But I probably had five or six team members go and see it. And so they come back, they're pumped up. They're excited about it. Now, these are probably my A-listers for the most part who are very interested in like what worship looks like, even the production side, things like that, which are okay when I think when in balance. So what it did for them, they came back and they were very excited about um, how we can do things maybe better or think about how we do some things. And, and it, we had some good constructive conversations from it where I think it can get dangerous, man, is when it comes back and they're like, why does Sunday not look like this? And that's impossible. <laughs> um, that's how I'd start it right there. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, I think similar to how I was thinking about it. I think <clears throat> like there is value, I think in getting outside of your local church and going to, to a, a, another location outside your normal flow, gathering with believers from different denominations, different backgrounds and singing together. I think that's where these gatherings and concerts and conferences actually are incredibly helpful. Um, and and powerful, like not just you know. I think I think they're in in that's a lot of good in that. Um, and so and I think with that gives you like you said, Lane, it gives you some perspective a little bit. I think there's um, there's even creative ideas that come out of that. You know, it's like man, they did this so intentionally. I think that's where it really you know plays into your church. But I think as far as like the the role of them, um, I think getting out of you know, your, your local body, which is important. Um, and we'll talk about that in a minute, I'm sure, but and going to a place where there's going to be people that maybe you've never met before from different places all around wherever to sing songs to Jesus. I think at, at its root, that's, that's yeah. the hope, hope of cross denominational. Yeah, for sure. It looks a little bit more like the body of Christ. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So hopefully. yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. So here, so where do you think the freedom comes from in those environments? You know, like you walk in, if you walk in and you see the guy in the back row in your church, he's probably looking quite a bit different in terms of his facial expressions, body movements, volume of singing than at a con at the guy in the back row of the concert like this. And so where do you think the, where is the extra energy coming from in something like that versus a Sunday? Probably the pyros and the smoke machines. That's Bro, it. yes. <laughs> Pyro adds so much to my spirit connection uh -huh. to Jesus. I don't know about you guys. I mean, put in a good confetti cannon. I mean, mm. my Lord. I just, <laughs> hands raised. Hallelujah. <laughs> if you could just see us right now, like, if, I know this is an audio podcast, but you could see us. Uh, we're literally, our hands are in the air right now. <laughs> Praising just, God. Just thinking about it. Just, just uh, imagining confetti. Coming out of the ceiling. You know, I've also thought about if we could drop balloons from the ceiling at the end of like the biggest song that we've got, how cool that yeah. would be. Just yeah. week just weekly. For sure. This is this is going a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point. You know, I was even thinking about this today, man. Um, so like I'm sitting in, in chapel, our church has a school here, and 
the uh, middle schoolers are leading in worship and they're doing some songs that I've taught and that I do with our band and we do pretty well. We got some, some good musicians, right? Now they didn't really do it well. So I'm on the front row. They didn't do it well on a musical side of it. Right. So I'm sitting on the front row. And, and one thing I'm thinking about is like, how is my response to the other students who are in here that I lead weekly? What does it look like? Is it look similar to when I'm leading on a Sunday? Cause I'm singing the same words or do I look like I'm uh not happy, bored, or critiquing it. And I find myself like thinking about that a good bit. So for me, there's like a balance, man. I'm not trying to put on a show, but I do think I need to judge my motives and my heart when I'm in those times like that, because I'm not always leading, but I am always singing the same words and hopefully theological truths that I want my people to see one of their, whatever, pastors, worship leaders, whatever they look at me as, as someone who's really worshiping, no matter what it sounds like, that makes sense, right? But it's hard, it's tricky. Because it's not always done well. Yeah, I, I think when thinking about, you know, why why do people uh, in these environments, uh, you know, elevation concert, big conference, you know, sing or appear to be singing and worshiping different. I think first, the thing I think of is kind of what I said a second ago is there's a perspective shift. And I think when we're in new spaces with new environments, um, like there's something that happens, I think, just neurologically, where we're even just kind of it just is going to look a little bit different. I would I would argue that if we were doing that every week, then it would look different over time in the same way that people come to your congregation every week. That's probably why it looks a little bit different. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying that's probably the perspective shift while people, you know, maybe once a year, twice a year go to these conferences and concerts and it looks different is because they're not in those things every week. I would also add I think that a lot of the time those those concerts are set up very intentionally to to lead in that kind of environment for for better for worse i think they like come into those spaces depending on where you know who it is i think they they set it up in a way that's going to enhance that um yeah and i would even i would even argue sometimes to a fault um you know that may not be the most helpful but it's it's gonna going to lead into an emotional response, uh, which again, we don't want to be afraid of in, in church. You know, we want to also emotionally and our singing and music is very emotional. And so we want to utilize those tools. But I think, you know, two things I think of is a perspective shift of being in those rooms, just kind of randomly. And then also those, those spaces are like set up, you know, for that thing to happen be- before anyone gets there. Sure. You know, the first thing you talked about makes me think of this neuro uh, neuroscience concept called the oddball effect. If you see the same thing over and over and over again, your brain disconnects from it, you know, to some degree because it's just like... But the oddball effect is that when you bring some new stimuli into the into the story that you're not ready for, then it slows it down and your brain takes in all the information. It's much more of a mentally stimulating experience to... Be surprised by something or introduced to something that's not normal than it is to see the same thing over and over again. So I think that's a I think that's a really good observation that like it's just Sunday. Yeah. Like you walk in, there's songs, there's a sermon, you know, I don't want to simplify it too much, but you know what I mean? It's repetitive. Yeah. So so part of it, there's nothing that you can do. It's not like a thing that you can uh change that. You're gonna have church on Sundays. But I guess you can make Sunday a little more special in various ways, you know, in yeah. adding new things and exciting things or different things. I'm not talking about like monkeys 
you know, coming out of the, you know, stage or whatever. That would be, that'd be one week. But you see, you do that the second week and it's just another Sunday of monkeys, you know? (laughs) The other thing is I think about like, have you you guys been to concerts of all kinds, right? Where they play like the first, I went to go see uh, an Epcot. Uh, We run over to see some of the concerts that they have with bands and stuff. And so we went over and we saw Little River Band play in Orlando. And uh, I love Little River Band, like totally nobody has a clue what I'm talking about when I say Little River Band. But this crowd of hippies in the room loved Little River Band. And so when they would start any song, the crowd would just go nuts, you know? I mean, you guys have experienced that before, right? And I think it's kind of this, like you experience the same thing at these Christian concert events, you know, worship events or whatever, because it's like they play the first note of you know, whatever song, you know, till song, old school hill song, they play the first note of oceans and everybody's, ah, oceans, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so I think there's just a dynamic of, there's a, there's a, uh, this is a famous group of people up there, you know, yeah. and they write these famous songs. And so there's a little bit of placed well or not, uh, worship of the songs and worship of the people maybe, uh, singing the songs. Little celebrity yeah. action, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, these are grant. A lot of these now, man. We we don't think about it unless you're you're in it. But like, dude, they're winning Grammys from them. They're winning billboards. Yeah, they're winning doves, obviously. But dude, Grammys, billboards, all these things. It's massive. They're then crossing over to the secular. Mm-hmm. So they're there and they're performing with other people, and so it's it's a big thing now. Yeah. So there's this inferior inferiority complex. I think that worship leaders get sometimes uh, in this because you know. I've mentored worship leaders before who like have said, like, like, well, hey, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to do with your life? And they're like, I want to be a worship leader on a big stage leading to 40,000 people in concerts. I'm like, okay, what's your pathway to that success? You know, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, so, but, but we, the rest of us who lead worship in, you know, normal sized congregations, how do we navigate the emotion of that? to know that there are other people that do the exact same thing that we do who are getting way different results uh, from people that are even our congregants. You know what I mean? So what would be a, what would you say to rank and file worship leaders like yourselves about that? I think you got to call, call it out in yourself a little bit. Like there's a, there's a, a comparison thing there that I think is really dangerous. Uh, and I mean, we all deal with it because, we see the YouTube videos, we're playing the songs, we're using multi-tracks. Like we, we see the, the album recordings and the, you know, thousands of people in these environments. And we're like, man, my church never looks like that, you know? Um, (laughs) And, and I think, and then, and then I, I think there's some insecurity that comes with that. It's like, man, is my church looking for me to look like that? Um, And then, I mean, I think we have to just tell ourselves we have nothing to prove um, in, in that sense. I think we, need to kind of just internally wrestle with that, give that over to God because God has placed us where we are for a reason because, you know, uh, there's only one Brandon Lake, there's only one you, and and he's put you there where you need to be. Um, That's a good word, man. And I, and I think, I think it's in addition to that, laying out that, you know, the, the best definition of excellence in front of yourself and believing it. To the point, it's like, man, I'm going to do the best I can with what I have. And this is where I am. I'm going to be me. I don't have to be anybody else. I'm going to lead these songs based on where I am, not on where I'm trying to get to. 
I think that's a shift that we have to just constantly wrestle with because it's this idea of like ambition in our hearts that over trumps like faithfulness to our current environment, if that makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's super dangerous. And I mean, I think we see it more in America every day with worship leaders. And I mean, I, I led somewhere a couple of weeks ago where I was just fighting that it was outside my church. I was leading at an event and, um, man, I fought that like ambition. Like I got to prove myself to these people. They've never seen me. They don't know me. I got to like come in and, you know, paint this. Yeah. I got to come in hot. I got to paint this picture of like, man, he's such a great worship leader. He's like the man. And so like, these are thoughts that like are entering my head. And I was like, man, these are so sinful that I'm more concerned about my heart or or my, my, um, how people perceive me than I am about God being glorified in my heart before him and, and, and serving people. And I think that's what we're doing is we're serving people and you are there to, to serve your church. And, uh, we got to just constantly call that stuff out and give it over to the Lord. And that's like a daily thing, I think for us that we never fully (laughs) overcome, but, um, by God's grace, you know, working in us. Yeah, I think that's good, man. I think it starts on a personal level, exactly what you're saying, man. So sort of to your point, like you, you can be a worship leader, right? Which is good. Or you can be like a, a worship shepherd. And yeah. so I think part of that, man, is how we view the people that we're shepherding. The people we're supposed to be leading, man, are they just there as an audience to, mm-hmm. to sing the songs, man? Or do we we legitimately care for their souls? Do we legitimately care for them when we leave the stage Sunday? Like what's happening in their lives, how we're praying for them. And then beyond all that, like you said, how are we starting our days, man? Are we starting it by literally going to God and saying, hey, I need a I need a reality check. I'm 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 nobody. Like this is this is nobody. I've done nothing. This church will exist without me. This worship ministry will exist without me. These songs that I'm writing that I think are so great are not great. Um, but it's all for your glory, God. And I think that's a that's got to be a for me. It's got to be a daily thing, man. When I start to like have days where I don't do those things, man, I get puffed up. I can feel it, especially when other people are telling you things, and it begins like you said that becomes so much more about yourself. Than, than the Lord and the people you're ministering to, shepherding with that. So that's one way. Yeah, it's a good word. That is a good word. And one, I love that sh- worship shepherding. It's such a big, uh, it, that is like probably the primary difference yeah. in you know, these event-based, you know, worship things. And I don't know, we, we should have somebody who actually does those on the podcast to kind of talk through this, because I think the mentality shift for them, like for us, it's like this ongoing relationship with these people. And we know them, and we know what they're going through, and that helps us to lead them in worship. And so they probably wish they had a little bit more of that, you know, like, but they just don't yeah. know who's in the crowd. So they're just kind of trying to hit the broadest audience they possibly can, you know? True. Um. True. So let's kind of land this on something, because I, I think we can learn from from a lot. Like, we can learn from anything, and I want us to learn from some of these concert-driven, uh, event-driven worship experiences. What do they do well? What do, those, uh, what do those environments do well, those bands do well, the producers do well, that we could learn from uh, in, in the way that we apply those things to our local churches on Sundays? Man, the first thing that jumps out to me is just intentionality and in everything, like from transitions to the production side of everything. I think we we should not be scared to have good production, should not be scared to have thoughtful transitions and sermon like well-timed bumpers and all these things, right? There's the church out there and there are the lead pastors out there that have, you know, the thoughts and it's that's fine that anything not specifically listed in scripture should not be in a worship service. I I don't really agree with that. I don't agree with that. 
I think that we can do those things for the glory of God, like your bumpers, like your transition, whatever it is, like your stage design in a way that is a way to show your gift and talent that God's given you to give him glory and then show that you actually care about the service on Sunday. So when that visitor walks in, they think, man, they put time and and thoughts into this. When your member comes in and they see something has changed and it's clicking and moving correctly, they're like, dude, that was a great Sunday. I don't really know why, but it was a good Sunday. And we know because we were working in the background with our teams to make it good, make it excellent. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I think I agree with all of that. I think um, a couple of things that I was just thinking of were, you know, when you, when you go to one of these concerts, um, there, man, there's some intentional planning that you see that's just like, I mean, they've, they've spent months talking and working on uh, what they're presenting. And I think there's a lot of things that we can take from that to our own local church is like, man, the intentionality, the time, the prayer um, that these organizations and and musicians and worship leaders that travel um, and put in, I think there's a create, like a creative element that I think is really um, helpful and, and um, that even how they do certain songs and how they lead. Um, not saying that we should just go to concerts looking to steal stuff, but I think like taking that as an inspiration to be like, okay, now how does this work in my context? Cause this was a really powerful thing that happened here. And like just in it, and um, obviously the spirit of the Lord was moving hopefully, but there was a creative element and intentionality that they spent working on this. How can we take that kind of same heart into our planning, into our song arranging, into our speaking, like you said, transitions, all of those things, I think um, more of like an inspiration to our local body, I think that are helpful for us to see. I feel like there's also a, a sense of probably evaluation that they've done from other things that they've done that they bring into the next concert or the next scene, mm. the next uh, tour or whatever it is, because... You know, I mean, on a week-to-week basis, it's so difficult to take that time to go, okay, here's what we did, how did God use it, you know, what you know, what went well, all that kind of stuff. And it feels like to me that they are just such a well-oiled machine that they've asked some really hard questions of themselves along the way to see what has been helpful and what's not for the congregate or the, the crowd that shows up. So um, that's what I would add. It, what would you not add? What would you, like, say, man, we will never apply that into a local church context. Is there anything we can learn? I wouldn't uh, charge people to buy tickets to your church service. Um, Ooh, I would. Why would you not do that? If someone would pay $100 to $100 for this Sunday's service. Uh, As I was thinking about it, I made that note just as a total joke. Um, I think I I like to take that a step further for real. I think, um, I don't think we should treat Sundays like a concert. Um, I think there's elements of a concert, even these Christian artists, worship leader concerts that we can take. But I think we can't approach Sunday morning from that place of like, we're coming to perform to Mm -hmm. like, if, if we're just doing excellence for the sake of excellence to impress, that's not biblical excellence. Um, I would say that everything we do is to lead people to something. And that something is Jesus and the gospel, which is greater Mm -hmm. than all music, all voices, all production. And, and, and that's really what your church is going to like feast on um, and not leave like hungry, wanting more is when we lead them to, you know, by the spirit of God to, to himself. Um, I think we need to value um, congregational singing, like over 
kick butt sound, um, which I love sound and I love lights. I love all those things. I think they're great tools, but when they become prominent, I think we lose the congregation a lot of the time, which I think is very dangerous long-term for your local church. I think um, finding ways to have really good production that leads you uh, to, to sing more instead of really good production that discourages singing. Um, and I mean, you can read in between lines for your local church and what that means. And there's, I mean, that's a balance for everybody. Um, but that's, that's just something I think that, you know, we go to these, <laughs> these concerts, man, and these conferences like, man, dude, it was cranking. And there's so yeah. much energy, which I'm again, yes. Um, but <laughs> at the end of the day, man, if I try to bring that into my local church of a hundred people and just like blow the roof off the place, like that's not going to lead, it's not going to lead people to sing. It's going to yeah. lead people to be like, either leave or, or, yeah. or, uh, or not sing at all. An example that Stephen, an example that is just so funny. You mentioned all that because we went to a conference a few years ago. I don't remember what it was, but had a team of people there. Some band just like killed it. Production was crazy. It was so amazing, you know, and we got done. I said, Hey guys, what'd you guys learn from that? And this one guy goes, man, I learned that was the coolest light show I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and it was like in the context of what is Jesus saying to you? You know what I mean? And so I think if if some of those things hit harder than Jesus does, then you know, we've we need to make sure that what we do, that that's what we're promoting. So that's right. That's right. Piper uses this term and I, I love it a lot. I use it with my team, undistracting excellence. So like yeah, I, I love that, man. Like do things really well in your context, think about it. What's a distraction and what's pointing to pointing straight to Jesus? And I think yeah. that's a thing and every every context has a different distracting point yeah exactly yeah yeah well awesome guys well hey that's a good conversation uh i hope that nothing that we said like is uh saying anything against we don't if if we did we're sorry we don't mean to say anything against the uh the amazing artful work of people who god is using to lead people in worship in large venues but it's such a different animal than a local church service that i just wanted to kind of highlight that today so i appreciate you guys and your input yeah, that's a good word, man. I'm going to a, a worship conference or a conference and uh, tomorrow night, so I, you know, I'm hypocritical here. <laughs> In fact, you're the lead singer of it, and that's you right. have a huge light show with pyrotechnics. Two hundred dollars tickets. Two hundred dollars tickets. Yeah. <laughs> and t-shirt sales. Your that's merch right. table is going to be like one million tomorrow night. We'll we'll put the link in the show notes. Perfect. <laughs> Well, by the time this goes live, uh, there will be uh, that concert will have come and gone. But maybe you'll be on tour by then. All right, guys. Well, hey, God bless you. Thanks for your time. And thanks for listening to the Worship Leader Essentials podcast. And if you have any questions, be sure and reach out uh, to us. You can reach us at worshipcatalyst.com. And also, there's tons of free resources there. So we'll see you next time in a couple of weeks. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Worship Leader Essentials podcast. We'll be back soon with another helpful episode. For more information and resources, or to connect with us, please visit worshipcatalyst.com.